Hello and welcome to Docupied, podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as Doc Pay, and this episode I'll be talking about one of, or another of J-Novel Club's recent light novel licenses. That would be My Quiet Blacksmith Life in Another World by Tamamaru. So as of right now, uh, like I said, this is licensed by J Novel Club. There is one volume out, or, oh, I guess volume one releases digitally on the 15th. But for members, uh, all of volume one is available to read, and about half of, a little over half of volume two. And I have read everything currently available, so that's, like I said, through part six of ten in volume two. And while I normally might have considered waiting. I think I've got a fairly good idea about this series, enough that I wanted to talk about it now, especially because there's still a few days left where if you're a member, you could read volume one without having to buy the ebook version. This one caught my eye for, I mean, a couple of reasons. Uh, For one, the main character protagonist is a middle-aged, I hate that they call him middle-aged guy, but I guess that's accurate. He's supposed to be 30 in the universe of, well, he was 40 and then he reincarnates in a new world and he's 30 there. And as someone who just turned 31, it's a bit weird to be called middle-aged now, but given the general demographic of light novel readers, I guess it makes sense. But anyway, it it has a fully adult cast and main character, and that really appealed to me as, I guess, a fellow middle-aged person. And the cover art was quite nice, so when it was licensed, I was quite interested. I waited for the first volume to finish, checking to check it out, and then a couple more weeks passed, and I was like, okay, now it's time to jump in. So let me just read the blurb on J Novel Club from the first volume. And we'll go from there. Azo is a middle-aged, overworked software engineer who loves cats. I guess if they're calling him middle-aged before, so the side note, haha. Um, I guess if he was 40, that's definitely more middle-aged. So I can accept that. Starting over. Azo is a middle-aged, overworked software engineer who loves cats. One night while working late, he saves an injured cat from a speeding truck. The cat survives, but Azo does not. Luckily, that cat turns out to be a godlike being who offers him a second chance in another world. Azo decides that he wants a slower life, one where he can live off the things he creates with his own hands. So, why not become a blacksmith? He does have one other stipulation, a cat companion for his quiet life. These requests are granted, and Azo is whisked away to a new world and imbued with blacksmithing knowledge. He soon finds out that his abilities are above average. In fact, his new skills are so overpowered that they're like cheats. On top of that, his cat companion turns out to be the half-tiger girl. Azo's blades soon garner attention, and he realizes that he can turn the tides of battle with his forge and hammer. With so much commotion in store, will Azo truly be able to enjoy a quiet life? Well, the good news is that covers actually quite a lot 
<laughs> um, that is straight up like the first chapter or so, and it explains the setup and the setting. And you can probably guess if you've listened to enough of my light novel discussions why I was interested in this. I like stories where the characters are adults. Not to say I won't read ones for the younger anymore, but as I approach what they're calling middle-aged, I definitely appreciate and not necessarily seek out, but gravitate towards when I see them, stories revolving around not youths. And plus it promised to be a kind of like a wish fulfillment, slow slice of life-esque variation on the isekai formula. So as you might expect, this is an isekai. It is set in a fantasy world where there are all kinds of fantasy races of people, including, for example, the other main character, the half-tiger girl, Samya. And volume one also eventually introduces our kind of third primary Reek, the dwarf blacksmithing apprentice. I'll say somewhat straight out that while I wouldn't say it's a traditional like horny harem type story that you see in, well, most works set in around like teenagers or just like younger protagonists, it is definitely more of like a familial harem where Azo definitely collects a group of like live-in sister wives type scenario, but it's really not the horny kind of harem. It's definitely more playing at the family, where a lot of the harem antics are Azo cooks dinner for his live-in family, and they all gush over how good of a cook he is, and, or how good the food he makes is, and that kind of thing. But taking this maybe a step back, let's do the usual characters plot, writing, etc. Well, I guess we were already talking characters. So like I said, we got Azo, who is our main character. And he's somewhat of a like dry, stern guy who wants to kind of do his own thing and not be too bothered about a whole lot of other stuff. But he definitely does get wrapped up in things a little bit, and he will kind of begrudgingly get involved and help out, especially if it's someone that he likes or owes a favor to or, or feels like he owes something to or has helped him out, that kind of thing. Honestly, he reminds me a little bit about of uh rent from unwanted undead adventure but maybe that's just because his pov and narration is extensively written and explained with lots of specific detail about everything he's thinking and doing uh, i'll get more into that in the writing section of the discussion <laughs> then you've got samya she's the half tiger girl who he rescues like almost immediately upon like waking up in the middle of this forest in his new world. She's a hunter who lives in the forest, is a half-tiger beast woman, and eventually, you know, she agrees to stay and live with him and help him out around the house and learn like blacksmithing and woodworking and all that fun stuff from him. And they start living together and quickly become somewhat of like a, a family unit and then in volume still in volume one there's a couple other characters that are important um reek is maybe the other biggest one like i said she's a dwarf who begs to be an apprentice to azo and she ended up joining their 
little family, turning it into a group of three. I do feel like overall she has a maybe a little less characterization beyond just being a dwarf blacksmith who's obsessed with blacksmithing and Azo's, you know, insane blacksmithing ability. We do get an interesting, like, short POV from her from before, like, right before she learns about and meets up with Azo. But I do think she could use maybe a little more development. Then there's, a, like I said, a couple other characters. The The only real two of note um, are Marius, who is a city guard. And the first one he meets upon traveling to the city. And it's the first one to actually buy one of his knives that he forged. And then there's Camillo, a merchant, a traveling merchant in volume one that he meets, who buys a number of his long swords and stuff like that. So those two will get more development in volume two. They become a little more central to the story then, along with another character who will likely be more central, or who is somewhat central to the plot of volume two, which is Diana. But I won't talk too much about her just because she is kind of central to some of the plot there and it might give away some of what's going on. So I'll just leave it at her name. Overall, the character writing, I do think it's okay. It needs work. It's still early in the story. Like I said, I've only read what's available, which is a volume and a half. I don't think the character writing is super strong. Azo might be the most fleshed out of the characters just because he's the main point of view for all of the story and narration. And so we do constantly get to hear his thoughts and impressions on everything. And I think that does make it somewhat difficult to develop the other characters. I would really like to see a little bit more writing and POVs from the characters around Azo, or maybe involving them a little bit more in some of the plots and story. The author definitely, I think, gets that and has a little bit of it. Uh, Each volume so far opens with uh, some kind of like book the volumes are bookended as far as i can tell by either like far future i guess they're both far future um but like far future events that the story will eventually like lead to or basically that tie back to azo and it's kind of like a how the legend started type deal like in volume one you have like a hero squaring off with a demon queen and then it turns out that Azo had forged both of their weapons, and so they were both equally matched, and that kind of thing. And then Volume Two starts off with a character telling his like great granddaughter about a story about his sister from way long ago, or stuff like that. And I really actually like that. Okay, I guess we're talking about the writing. Then I'll get into the plot. <laughs> uh, I actually really like that aspect. Um, and at the end of Volume One, there's also a couple short bits where we get a pov from reek's perspective before like i said she meets azo and we also get i believe a perspective about uh, a character named helen who gets some uh, swords forged by azo custom swords and we get to see her perspective of how she came to find him and and why she was seeking him out that kind of thing so i think the author is on the right track there's Definitely some promising bits there that flesh out 
some of the characters and their motivations outside of Azo's perspective. And I just personally think we need more of that. Azo is fine. He's, uh, like I said, he does remind me of Rent a little bit, but there is a decent amount of like repeat in terms of, you know, this is a slow slice of life story for the most part. And Azo spends a lot of time describing himself forging various things, knives, swords, etc. So it's a lot about how, you know, he's forging this and he's forging that and he's doing that. Or they're doing some woodworking to build additions to the cabin where they are dissecting or butchering some like deer or boar or, you know, chopping down wood. And there's quite a lot of overt description of everything that's going on in the story or like everything that Azo is doing and thinking. I do think the author's maybe a little too reliant on just having Azo himself narrate what he's doing all the time and like exactly what he's thinking. Interestingly, I don't necessarily dislike it too much in Unwanted Undead Adventure with Rent, and I don't really dislike it too much with Azo either, but I do think after the first two volumes, the author is going to need to find new ways, more interesting, different ways to tell us that Azo is a blacksmith and he spends his time forging various things. Like, I, I don't know how many times I need to be told that, like, you know, oh, he's concentrating this hard to try and make a an entry-level knife, or this hard to make an elite-level knife, or, oh, he's got to really focus if he wants to make this custom. You know, he's got to He's got to quench the metal and then he's, you know, he's got to hammer out the, he's got to hammer out the, uh, the sheet metal and make sure there's no one, like, yeah, I know. It's very much like overt tell rather than any like subtle degree of storytelling. And that's fine. Um, I'm harping on it, but I actually quite enjoyed the first two volume or well, the first volume and a half. I do intend to keep reading. It's got enough going for it that I'm interested in it. I just think it's maybe an example of an author who is writing a little too much of their own interest in it. Uh, Like this author clearly enjoys the idea of like blacksmithing and DIY and like woodworking and making things. and, And so there's just a lot of excess narration and description of that stuff, which is fine. I don't know how accurate necessarily any of it is or isn't i couldn't tell you i don't know anything about blacksmithing or woodworking so for a layman it seems fine enough uh like it doesn't get into the way of the story at all in terms of whether it's like super accurate depiction of actual like blacksmithing but i do think there's quite a few interesting things here um like i said i do like starting and ending the volume with these uh like distant future seeing maybe some of the results or events that occurred as a result of azo and you know his presence or his weapons or whatever without his involvement or well like direct presence i do think they need to break up maybe the middle section of the books with more alternate point of views like i you know there's only so many times we need to hear azo describe their trip from the cabin to the city back and forth and at least you know in the context of the first volume we got plenty of that so i'd really like to see them 
the author spread the love in terms of point of view and narration, give Samya more to do, give Reek more to do, let us hear from them directly. I mean, maybe that's just how I feel about it. I definitely think that the story would benefit, or the writing itself would benefit from that to keep some of it from going too stale. It is nice that the plot shifts a little bit in volume two, where we get to see Azo dragged into a conflict, we'll just say, without any real spoiling. And I think as the story naturally adds more characters, you know, to this like found family thing Azo's got going along with the various women who end up living with him, that hopefully we'll just get more stuff from them directly as the story goes. But we'll see. Plot-wise, um, it is intended to be a slower slice of life type story where it's all about living the slow life as a blacksmith. So go in expecting that. Things happen. You know, volume two involves Azo in some like noble political drama, at least in the first half. And the second half, I'm not too sure because it's not out yet. But uh, as far as I know, it involves, based on the description, more blacksmithing, repairing uh, like a mithril sword type thing for some elves. But by and large, the pacing of the story and the writing is that Azo makes some swords or some knives or he just does some blacksmithing. They talk about how Samia goes out hunting and brings back food and then they butcher it and and then he, they talk about, you know, how they spend time eating dinner, building extensions to the house, going fishing, taking a trip into town once a week to sell some stuff, how they're excited when he buys pepper and uses it to cook dinner. Overall, it is distinctly not one of those like high action fantasy isekai stories you know, with those youngin' protagonists that run around saving the world and fighting off demon lords and doing magic and, you know, crazy stuff. It's just not that kind of story. And I do really actually appreciate that aspect of it. The main character is basically, well, he's my age in the fantasy world. He's 30. And he just kind of lives his life and does his things. And he gets involved in stuff. And there is some action in there, like he fights a bear in volume one. It's not completely without tension, necessarily, but it's just not that kind of story. And I do actually, that's why I was interested in it. And um, it definitely delivers on that aspect while also having a little bit of tension. I liked where they went with volume two, or at least so far. Diana makes a, a nice addition to the cast. And I, at least I feel like the things that happen expand the potential for future story events and stuff to happen to Aza. So we don't constantly just like as much as I liked in volume one reading about the slow life he was living, I'd like that slow life to be broken up with stuff that's worth reading. You know, it was nice to read about that time he went fishing or when they did laundry or when they butchered a boar, or, you know, the two times they built extensions and beds, or built extensions to the house, and then also constructed beds, and, like, yeah, I know, it, it's cool, but, like, there's only so many times I can hear him, Azo, narrate the exact same events. So, at least so far, in the first volume and a half, they've done 
the author has done a good enough job of introducing more things to keep the story interesting. And so I'm hopeful that that continues, and it does seem like it will, based on what they're setting up in the second half of Volume 2. And, like I said, what they're doing, what the author's doing with the like bookends of the volumes, where like the start and end of each volume has other perspectives or like future stuff about like the effects of some of the things Azo's done. So yeah, um that's kind of the plot. Uh there's not that much to actually go over because it is kind of a slow burning story, which I appreciate. But overall I'd say I enjoy this series uh so far. I'm hoping for more and additional point of views throughout the main bulk of the story that help flesh out our characters that aren't Azo, but we'll see if that's something that's in the cards. I'm definitely getting the feeling that the author is somewhat speaking through Azo and his narration through most of the bulk of the story, and even if that is true and does remain true, I would still like to see some more development for our other characters like Samya and Reek so that they can maybe start to stand on their own outside of their like interactions with Azo. There's a lot to like here. I think it's got a good like if generic setup and it's varying up the formula of Isekai stuff at least a little bit in a couple of ways and actually another thing to note here is that while they call his abilities like cheats and stuff, there's absolutely no game mechanics, there's no levels, there's no RPG talks and discussions or like vocabulary. This is definitely not a story that is pulling from like JRPGs like some of the other isekai do. It is just a fantasy world with fantasy stuff. And it's not cloaked in any kind of like gaming mechanics or descriptions. So if you were worried about that part of it, it's not there. And so I'm actually quite glad. I don't think it would have fit at all within the context of a what's meant to be a slow, like slice of life-esque wish fulfillment type story about like a middle-aged character. So yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I like the story. I'm going to keep reading. It also... Uh, the parts come out on Mondays, so it makes a, a decent cooldown from getting to read uh, the new Bookworm and S-Ranked Adventure parts, which I'm absolutely obsessed with and cannot wait to read every Monday night. And so these come out on Monday too, and it makes for just a, a good night <laughs> um, for reading. Well, I'm rambling now, so there you go. There is My Quiet Blacksmith Life in Another World by... Tamamaru, licensed in English by J Novel Club. The first volume ebook is due to release on March 15th, but you can check it out now on the website if you're a member. Thanks for listening. You can follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And please, if you like DocuPied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>